0: Has it ever occurred to you just how incredible grapes are? Now think about it, that little box of raisins your mother packed in your lunch bag was the only fruit that qualified as a dessert. And consider this, when we hear juicy gossip we say we heard it through the grapevine. We didn't hear it through the apple tree or or the berry bush. Grapes are so darn special that the grocery store expects us to snitch a few to ensure quality control. Try doing that with a banana or a pineapple. Admit it, every encounter you've ever had with grapes has been positive. That's why we created Grape Encounters, a place for adults to hang out and focus on the paramount achievement of grapedom. Delicious, irresistible wine. Wine brings people together. It starts conversations. It makes us happy. In fact, a Wherever there are grapes, there's gorgeous scenery, very cool people, and plenty of laughter. All that being said, let's bring out your guide for this journey. The Wizard of Wine, the Gangster of Grape, David Wilson. I am
1: sitting right now in a room In front of me is a table, and on the table is this gigantic chunk of Parmesan cheese, prosciutto, beautiful bread, and I'm drinking some amazing wines from Centorame. And I'm about to talk to one of the owners and winemakers here, Lamberto Vanucci. Good? Good. You might wonder why I'm here first of all, Italy is the number one wine producing country in the world. And we know a lot about Italian wines from other parts of the country. This area is a lot less known, really. Anyway, we are going to talk a little bit about this wonderful place because if you look out one window, you look at these beautiful snow-capped mountains, and then you look out another window toward a river and the vineyards that are changing color. And I'll tell you, it's one of the most magical things you can possibly look at. And so we're going to now talk a little bit about this, but we're going to drink some wine, we're going to eat some cheese, and we're just going to have a good time. But I want to welcome you. Thank you for having me here to this beautiful place. Thank you. So I'm going to get a little bit of history here, and I've got my trusty translator here too. And I want you to introduce yourself.
2: Hello, everyone. Nice to meet you. My name is Marta, and I hope that I will do a good job for you guys.
1: Okay, so the first thing we want to know is how this particular winery came to be, because it's a beautiful place. It seems like it's been here forever, but it
3: hasn't. The
2: winery started in 2002, but in the past, they already have the family already owned the farm. So they were used to grow fruits. But in 2002, they decided to turn the production uh, in wineries. So they started to plant at, at the beginning. They started with three hectares, so not such a big territory. And then year by year they decided to add more land and to dedicate it to the wine. And so now they arrived to a production that is thirteen hectares. And so thirteen
1: hectares is what I think you multiply it by close to four, I think, to get acres. So it's actually pretty substantial, but I don't know if you use anything a measurement smaller than hectare. Do you?
2: Usate qualche misura che è più piccola dell'ettaro? Uh,
3: no, bene o male tutte le varietà di di uve che abbiamo. Uh,
2: so for every different grape variety, they have at least one hectare, apart from Passerina, that it's a smaller production, that it's something more than half an actor. but usually one hectare is the minimum. So there's one thing that I wanted to
1: ask you about the beginning of this winery, because your father was an accountant and you almost followed in his footsteps, right?
2: Quindi voleva chiederti circa la nascita di questa avventura perché tuo padre faceva il il, il contabile e tu non hai seguito poi le sue orme.
3: No, diciamo ci ho provato, però mi sono reso conto che l'ufficio sarebbe stata la, la mia tomba e quindi con un po' di incoscienza siamo partiti nel son partito ho lasciato gli studi e lavoro nel 2001 per poi partire nel 2002 con l'attuale lavoro che amo e
1: che faccio Okay I'm dying to hear what he said because I heard a no a very distinct no at the beginning What do we got Marta
2: As we know that the father initially was an accountant I asked him if he decided to follow the the steps of the father in the job. And he said, no, I didn't. Let's say that actually I tried at the beginning, <laughs> but I understood it would have been my grave. So I said, no, this is not for me. So a little bit unconsciously, I said, okay, let's give up with this stuff, with university, with all the studies I did, and let's do something completely different that will save my life. How could you
1: possibly choose winemaking over accounting? Accounting is so romantic and, and so in touch with nature.
2: Eh, beh, diciamo fare il contabile è così romantico come hai deciso di passare al vino perché
3: <laughs> c'era un amore per no nel, nella
2: yeah, even though you can maybe hardly, hardly believe that accounting can be a little bit boring because of the routine si you know anno, yeah I, I know that it sounds strange to believe e, but working with wine can give you more opportunity to uh, differentiate what you do to meet new people to uh, make new adventures and this is something you cannot do with accounting.
3: And
2: moreover, and this is important, I can drink good wine every day. (laughs) And you can just say that you're working. I want to talk
1: about younger people getting into winemaking because there's been a lot of stories talking about France and the fact that the young people are moving away from wine, they're not drinking as much wine, they're drinking spirits, and they're not following in the family footsteps. Is there a movement in Italy? Altro Toward di vino, younger di winemakers, 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 are winemakers, are younger people getting e, into the business? Te, because he 10 obviously 10 did anni, shortly after, after getting out of
3: school.
2: Uh, alla produzione di vino, al vino un interesse cresciuto. Nel tuo caso, sicuramente sì.
3: Sì, eh, guarda, negli ultimi dieci anni. Mh, Oltre a dei yes,
2: I can say t- that t- in the last 10 years, there is a movement of young people coming back to such kind of job in, I mean, on the countryside or like, for, for example, in wine industry, oil industry, also owning industries. So there is a trend, I can say that there is. So they are not only uh, starting to be uh, customers, so new customers, new consumers, but also producers. So yes, there is this trend in our region, I can say. That and yeah, I'm yeah. quite she happy about that auntie. because even though um, they followed a study path, they went to university, then they decide to go for this kind of job. Well, and you wouldn't want to be hanging out all day with old men. <laughs> Too many
1: old men, right? I have to ask a question about the beginning of your making wine. I want to know what the first wine, the first wine that you made was... Where you got to actually take the, the wine, wine and pour a glass and, and taste
2: your very prodotto, stampato, first production, and how was it? it.
3: Allora, la, la prima bottiglia che ho prodotto um, veramente sono state una, due...
2: Okay, so the first time prodotti. I started eh, with three kind of selection, e, three selections. Two were Montepulciano, e, uh, DOC, eh, so the, e the label was DOC because the Colline Terramane label was, so was born in 2000 2003, so one, one year after my first production, then it became a Colline Terramane label. So the first time I did two Montepulciano, Pulciano, red wine and a Trebbiano. The production of the Trebbiano was really small, 10 hectoliters and to be honest, the first time we were wondering what are we going to do with this small amount of white wine, then we decided to go for it and to bottle it the Trebbiano and to be honest it was a surprise because it was very good. So we decided to start the production in tonneau, and let's say that the experience paid because we had great satisfaction about that.
1: So we're going to take a quick break here, but we're going to come back. We're sitting at Centorame, which is in the Abruzzo region of Italy, but specifically the town that we're in is kind of a, how do I say this? It's an annex of Atri, where I'm based right at the moment, and
2: describe where we are right now. Yes, we are in Casoli. Casoli, as David said, it's a fraction of the municipality of Atri, and it's just, might mean, six or seven kilometers from the city center, from Atri, is in the countryside, and it's a quite independent village, but it's part of the territory of Atri.
1: I'm going to tell you that I have tasted an enormous amount of wine already here. There was one bottle that was kind of like, well, well it's, it's not my favorite, But it was delicious, but it wasn't my favorite. But the thing is, every last wine that I've tasted has been outstanding. And that's a cool thing because then you can look for wines from this area and pretty much know that you're going to get great wines. And so I'm going to do my part to help popularize this area because it deserves it. And right now I'm drinking a Trebbiano de It's absolutely delicious. And we are talking to Lamberto Venucci. At Centorame. So we're going to take a break right now. Maybe we can get Lamberto to pull out a red wine. We'll be back with more grape encounters coming to you from the Abruzzo region, and we're going to be bringing you a lot more content from this area because it really deserves the attention. We'll be
0: back with more grape encounters after this. You're listening to Grape Encounters with David Wilson. We offer something for everyone unfortunately we're not allowed to offer free wine that's what your friends are for
1: smoke from increasing wildfires is tainting wine grapes and vineyard executives are looking for new ways to adapt purefresh wine's o3 technology helps vineyards overcome the problems caused by wildfire smoke by treating grapes pre-crush to improve fermentation and overall wine quality as well as removing smoke taint For the typical winery, saving a full harvest of grapes with pure fresh wine costs only 10 cents per bottle. O3 technology has been approved by the FDA and USDA. It leaves no residue and uses no chemicals. It provides many benefits to wineries, including the removal of sulfur, pesticides and fungicides pre-crush, the reduction of bad bacteria and mold issues, an improvement in roundness and fruit-forward palate notes, and so much more. Most importantly, it safely and naturally breaks down smoke taint molecules to save grapes from damage. Rescue your harvest from smoke taint. Visit purefreshwine.com today. All right. So if I'm doing stories in America or any place that speaks English, I generally know a bit about the wine before I drink it and before I talk about it. But today I am trying a wine that I certainly know the varietal, but I don't know a lot about this particular bottle. But I'm just going to tell you this, that I'm taking the rest of the day off. I'm going to go take this bottle. I'm going to go sit under an olive tree. I'm going to drink the whole thing by myself. I'm not going to share it with anybody because it's really, really that good and it comes from Centorame, the winemaker here, Lamberto Vanucci. This wine is Montepulciano d'Abruzzo, and I need to know about this wine because this is just so good. Marta, it's going to be tough translating all that, I know, but I know you can do it.
2: Si, vuole sapere qualcosa in più circa questo vino perché ha detto che fosse lui ne prenderebbe una bottiglia, andrebbe sotto una bella pianta di olivo e sarebbe da sola senza dividerla con nessuno. Uno. si chiama quindi San Michele e eh, dici qualcosa di
3: più allora sì il San Michele non lo capisco perché è il mio Montepulciano preferito su 10 bottiglie che porta a casa
2: okay he said that to be honest this is his favorite wine and among let's say that if he brought to house ten bottles for sure eight bottles are for uh, of this kind of wine because he love it and he loved the way the Montepulciano tastes so he, the, he just want to produce a very typical Montepulciano. He knows that maybe for the market a softer wine, a milder wine, and maybe a sweeter wine could be better. But in his opinion, he doesn't want to change. Because if someone doesn't like the way the Montepulciano is, so very structured, very tannin, and quite strong, probably is the, the consumer that should change the wine.
1: I'm going to be really, really frank. That bottle of wine right there, is absolutely stunning. I guarantee you, anybody that I pour that wine for is going to flip out. That wine is just off the charts and you shouldn't change anything about that. And I guarantee you, if you put a price on that wine of $85 in America, or even $100, I can sell it all day long and I know it doesn't cost anywhere near that. At least I don't think so. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) This is easy. Grazie. I saw a light in his eyes. So I think that he agreed with what you said. Well,
1: he's a big, you know, almost tough looking guy. But I'm telling you, he was blushing when I was saying that. But that wine is really that good. And the thing that has been so interesting about this trip so far is that every place I've gone makes a Montepulciano. And it's really considered to be a bargain wine. It's not an expensive wine, particularly. But they're so good here. I'm telling you, the people in Abruzzo are blowing it with this wine, because this wine ought to be like three times or four times as expensive. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that I don't have to pay a lot of money for this wine. But you know what? If you guys charged the right price for this wine, you'd have enough money to
2: buy France. del
3: <laughs> pulciano e che ha avuto nel corso degli anni una doc estesa su tutta la regione quindi da da Chieti al nord dell'abruzzo he
2: said that the problem was that in the past we only had the Montepulciano uh, doc and so a certification that was the same from the north to the south of abruzzo all the production of Montepulciano went through the same certification and this brought the the product to be not so much selected I mean you can produce produce very good Montepulciano are not so good Montepulciano and they will anyway have the same certification. So this didn't help at all. Now things are changing because we are having certification uh, according to the particular area of the region such, for example, the Colline Terramane, that is a very important I mean, achievement for us, for, for us the producers, because now we can uh, differentiate our products. We can give them the right identity, so also, of course, the right price to them. And this will lead probably to a better production, a high quality production. And it's something that is happening also in France, in other states. We are coming late, but we are arriving to do that. And I hope this will help to give the right, I mean, value to our wines.
1: That's right on the money, I think. That's really what they need to do here because the wine is really that good. And I think it would be very interesting to put together a blind tasting. I wouldn't use sommeliers or people from the wine industry to judge. I would use very affluent wine consumers that would be less able to differentiate Brunello from a Montepulciano. And you would bring the really great wines from other regions in and do a blind tasting and bring the best of this area to that blind tasting. And I think the results would be astonishing. That's my suggestion. We're going to have to go in a second here, but ask him what he thinks about
2: that. Allora, noi...
3: sarebbe sicuramente interessante. Noi tra amici, è uno scherzo che ci siamo fatti diverse volte.
2: You know, we did it, actually, with some friends. It's a joke that we used to do. So we were tasting different kind of very famous red wines, or like Barolo etc. And without saying anything to the friends, we added very good Montepulciano wines, but that actually cost five times less than the other wines. And you know the surprise, the Montepulciano had nothing less than the others.
3: That's exactly right. Another
2: point of strength that the Montepulciano has is that you can use it in a different different way. I mean, you can make, can make a great Montepulciano 100% wine, but you can also can make a great Cerasuolo uh, wine with Montepulciano. And moreover, the Montepulciano is a kind of grape that you can use to age wines even for 20 years and it will stay perfect. So you can really play well with Montepulciano. Channel. We're going to have to move down the road now, but
1: I do want to first ask, if they welcome visitors here, could they get a tour? We took a tour a little while ago, and, you know, I get to tour so many wineries, and so often it's sort of just the same thing, and it's not that I don't appreciate the tours, but, you know, you see a lot of wineries, and they start to look alike. This property is, oh my gosh, it just blew me away. And then we went into town, and that was really super cool, because he's just right on the edge of town. But can people come here? What's the best time to come here, and does he have a website that we can send people people too so they can learn more about a
2: website che possiamo consigliare ai nostri ascoltatori.
1: Allora sì, uh, di turno
3: facciamo um, sicuramente col il periodo un po' più caldo da maggio a um, fine settembre primi di ottobre essendo vicini al mare, quindi località turistica. So
2: yes, absolutely. We welcome visitors, visitors and, and the period of the e year where we suggest e to visit e the the, the wineries from May till no, September, September because it's a Uh, It's summertime and you can also have a a nice period on the beach and then come here to visit but we are open all over the year and we organize some tour if if people want and moreover we have a project of welcoming people in a particular structure that we want to build here so that people can come and taste a bottle of wine and look at the sea or read a book under a tree and we are organizing also and I mean open you're here about that an area for children so that family can leave the children playing and enjoy a bottle of wine with no worries about that. The website is www.centorame.it so visit us. So I, I wish
1: we could stay longer, but unfortunately we can't. We're going to have to move on down the road. I just really appreciate it, Lamberto, for having us here. Thanks for the tour. Thanks for the, the Parmesan cheese. Oh my gosh, that was so delicious. The Montepulciana was the star of the show for me today. And we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters right after this. I'm uh, Lamberto Vannucci
3: of the um, Centorame Winery. And stay tuned for more Grape Encounters.
4: At MM Organics, we're surrounded by health nuts. That's because we're obsessed with lowering blood pressure, cholesterol, and the risk of cancer. We wanna make weight loss easier and help you strengthen everything from your heart to your teeth, nails, and hair. Full disclosure, those health nuts are actually dry farmed heirloom certified organic raw walnuts. Rich with essential vitamins and nutrients, they're vastly superior to other nuts. Imagine, walnuts can actually lower stress and boost your brain power. No wonder MM Organics customers are so darn smart. MMOrganics.com is where you'll find our uniquely irresistible raw walnuts, walnut butter, oil, and flour, sprouted flavored walnuts, and decadent fair trade chocolate covered walnuts, which pair beautifully with our legendary two-horse port style wine. MMOrganics.com. Eating any other nuts is just plain nuts.
1: Are you following Grape Encounters on social media yet? You're not? Well, you should be. It's the best way to hear the latest, juiciest, unfiltered wine stories. It's also the single best way to keep our unpretentious, decidedly different wine conversations going strong. We're on Instagram and Twitter at Grape Encounters. For tons of content on Facebook, you'll want to join our Grape Encounters radio group page. Or if LinkedIn is more your thing, connect with me by typing Grape Encounters Radio or Grape Encounters David in the search bar. Here's the deal the more you click, the more I'll pour. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio. And as I guess most of you should know by now, we are relocating our broadcast to the east side of Italy, the Abruzzo region. And we're doing this because we have been sequestered for such a long time and unable to get out in the field as much, well, really at all, over the past nearly two years. And we did a story about... I guess it was about eight weeks to 10 weeks into the shelter-in-place orders. And it turns out that that story became the inspiration for eventually taking Grape Encounters on the road. It was a very interesting interview with a fellow by the name of Piero Pavone. And he talks about a project that is just absolutely amazing wherein they are recreating wines using methodology from 2,000 years ago. Well, I've stayed in touch with Piero for this entire time. And I must tell you that I kept thinking over and over again, you know what? Wouldn't it be cool if we could take listeners there on a semi-permanent basis? And so that's exactly what we're doing. But I thought it might be fun To finish up today's show with a repeat of that first interview with piero so you get a better idea about why this was so intriguing to me so without further ado let's jump into that right now today i'm taking you all the way to italy to talk about a really interesting project that I found out about. It is called Venum Hadrianum. And this is the brainchild of Piero Pavone. And Piero, welcome. Thank you. Thanks a lot. It's nice to have you on. Let's get a little sense of where we're talking to you from now. You're on the Adriatic side of Italy, correct? Exactly. Due east from Rome, but on the other side of the country, correct?
5: Yeah, it's about two hours driving from Rome. But it's on the other side, so Adriatic Sea. The town is about uh, 10 minutes from the sea, but uh, it's uh, at uh, 400 high meters in a very wonderful hills.
1: Now, from the looks of things, this is a place that is not heavily populated, right? this is out in the country
5: yes exactly it's a small region population is less than a million and of course the uh, the location is uh, a little bit uh, far from the big city but uh, somehow has lots of tradition in agriculture the project of vino Madriano started with a group of people that uh, know about the history and you know our traditions and so basically it's um, it's the project to make revival what uh, uh, we have done during the roman age Uh, we are talking about more than two thousand years ago wow uh, yeah when the wines became very popular during uh, the roman empire and the wine produced in these regions became one of the most expensive in the in the whole empire so I mean, starting from this lovely story, we tried to put all the let's say the 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 best things that we have in our uh, land. So the location, the land, yeah, and the way we produce wine and the kind of grapes that we have.
1: So this is what's really interesting, and this is what drew me to this interview: the method used to make these wines. Is really quite different than what you would see at, you know, nearly all wineries, chateaus, any place that produces wine around the world. You're using an ancient style of amphora, which okay. is very, very interesting. But, but even before we get into that, let's talk about grape varietals. So are the varietals that you're using varietals that would have been around 2000 years ago?
5: This is the most complicated things because we know the names of the grapes at that time. We know the grapes of uh, the last two, three hundred years, but we don't know what happened in between. So there is for sure something similar that at that time used to be. But, you know, with 2000, 2000 years, it's quite impossible to have the confirmation that uh, the actual, for example, Monte was the grapes used during the Roman Empire. Or the actual, let's say, Corino or Trebbiano used to be the white wine at that time, but probably there are something because they are unique in our region. In a few regions, they come yeah. from two regions. So, also what is described by the ancient writer about our wine that was aged for a long time. Probably this, this is the same characteristic that we'll find again in the Montepulciano. And uh, also the Montepulciano is a wine that can be long macerated. And this used to be the styles that they used to make, you no, know, put the maceration inside the amphora and let mama be in maceration for three or four months. So uh, these
1: wines will never see a wooden barrel, is that correct?
5: No. We said uh, the grapes need to, the, the trees, the vineyards need to grow from the clay and need to finish to the clay. So the land is made by mainly clay and the amphora is made by the same clay. So, okay, so, so this a, is
1: really fascinating because the amphora, first of all, these are quite large. They would hold about how much wine, would you say?
5: Uh, well, 1,000 liter. the average is. Then you can have smaller or bigger, never, I mean.
1: But then the, the clay that is used to make these vessels is the exact
5: same clay that the uh, okay we we have um, the the territory is the same. Then we cannot okay, yeah. say that it's the same where we have the grapes. Of course, it's, that's impossible. But it's the same territory. So we are talking about the the place where we are producing Alphora is in um, an old town, very famous for ceramics, which is called Castelli. Castelli ha- it's famous everywhere in the world because there are so many artists that build the ceramics through, uh, let's say, artists, uh, and so the. We decided, I mean, we found partners there, and we decided to rebuild somehow what uh, we were doing 2,000 years ago.
1: Well, I think what's fascinating about this is, is let's say, for instance, if, if we were making a Cabernet Sauvignon here in the Napa Valley in California, where I'm at, that might be aged in a barrel made from oak that came from France. And that's very different than aging a wine in a vessel that is created from soil that is essentially from That same region. So the concept of terroir where the the region's impacts are very noticeable in the wine, I, I think th- this is taking that to a whole nother level, isn't it?
5: Yes, exactly. This was the idea. The idea is to have everything done in the same places. And have a unique kind of product that probably is not the best because most of the people like to have this kind of uh, taste, which is uh, strong and full of uh, tannins. You no, know, sometimes yes, and sometimes, the, for example, the white looks a little bit orange. You no, know, it's similar to the Georgian wines. Right. Very, yes. So it's not for everyone, but the, there is a, a good maybe percentage of people that love to try these things, and for sure we are.
1: So is history why you've taken this project on? Are you a history? lover of course, yes,
5: but it's a combination because okay. I think the position that we select, we found the, the best vineyards and they are in the best position because they have the perfect sun, the perfect height, the perfect water, the perfect land. So everything it's a combination of things. Of course, history, but it's not just history. There is real, the uh, the best grapes that we have in the territory. And then, of course, after, the way we produce wine is trying to reach the best Let's say, solution to have something that is borderline, because when you do this kind of uh, long maceration with oxygen, because Bianfra also gives lots of oxygen, you need to make research continuously. No? You have to yeah. understand what's the best. Because if, if probably 2,000 years ago, the tests of the wine were so different and maybe undrinkable today.
1: So let me ask you this question. You are, as I understand it, something of a tech guy. You are yes. in a, a digital marketing and media. And yes. How in the world do you go from something so high tech to perhaps maybe the most low-tech project you could possibly take on?
5: Uh, this is the problem, that uh, I if I became 100% farmers, probably I will not be happy. But if I'm 100% in the digital, which is something that you cannot touch, you don't have nothing in concrete because it's something continuously changing, I will miss 50% of my life. So I cannot say which one is better. I just say, come and visit us and you will see. How is uh, to stay in a such beautiful land and in a such beautiful kind of life?
1: Is there any winemaking or farming in your family's history? Well, there has to be. You're Italian.
5: Um, yeah, my, my grandmother, yes, yeah, she used to be my, my, no, not my grandfather, but let's say. My grandmother family, yes. Then for two generations, no one has been working lands. Oh, no. They Completely forgot, but somehow I restarted. But not now. I'm not fresh. I also during my university, I started looking how to make wine. I was really, really interested. And finally, after, let's say, 20 years, Since that time, I have the possibility. You finally
1: decided to do it. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. It'll just take a second. We're talking to Piero Pavone, and he is the brainchild behind a very, very interesting project called Venum Hadrianum. And I guess we would call it the central part of Italy, but on the eastern side of the country. In other words, as we call it here in the U.S., out in the middle of nowhere we call it the boonies (laughs) but anyway it looks like a very fun life and recreating a very important chapter of history so we're going to talk more with piero in just a second here on grape encounters radio Welcome to total wine and more a wonderland for wine spirits and beer lovers no matter what's on your holiday table we have the wine and the savings to match pop open some bubbly as guests gather around pair baked ham with cabernet for some tasty magic turkey and stuffing plays nicely with pinot noir and while you're at it check out the top 20 wines of the year and discover standout gifts for everyone on your list With over 8,000 wines, 4,000 spirits, and 2,500 beers to choose from, you can expect the unexpected, always at ridiculously low prices, with the best service in America. Choose in-store pickup or curbside pickup, shipping and delivery. Explore more in-store, online at TotalWine.com or on the app. Spirits not available in Virginia or North Carolina, delivery available in select markets. All right, back with Grape Encounters Radio, and I'm making a list, and it's a very long list of places that I want to go visit when I am allowed to leave my home and my studio, and one of those places would be in Italy. I am getting to know a bit more today about a really interesting winemaking project, Venum Hadrianum, and it is the brainchild of Piero Pavone. And if you go to Rome and you travel about two hours east, You'll be near the Adriatic Sea and a very, very interesting region, very rich with history. Let's talk about the crews of ancient times. There, there were what six or seven of them? Is that correct?
5: Yeah, I mean, it, there are different writers, so it, it's quite impossible to mention all of them. But if we consider what Diocletian emperor said, he put the list of the most expensive one. We are talking about three or four, and for sure one of these was the Adrianum. Because because it's in the Pisenum area. So then it depends. If we collect all the one mentioned, probably there sh- should be seven of them. Historically, the Roman has not been the, the first one to produce wine, of course. There are probably yeah. Georgian that started 3,000, 4,000 years before the Roman. But the Roman were very, very focused on the quality of the wine. And right. they were they, they have been the first one to let the wine uh, stay longer aging, no? Uh, yeah. So that's why they give different prices to the quality of the wine.
1: So let me ask you about the aging for a moment. The wines are fermented and aged in these large amphoras, and they're made out of clay. For Americans that are not familiar with this, it's like a giant vessel, a vase maybe, we might call it. But we don't use them very much here in winemaking, although it's making a comeback here in the States slowly but surely. But now the wine will stay, Piero, for how long in the amphora before it's bottled?
5: Every year it's different, but uh, let's say, an average is that you can keep six months or let's say between four and six months with the skins. So do the maceration. Wow. And then you keep another six months there. It's less than 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 a barrel because the quantity of oxygen is uh, is usually is more. And then you have different kind of uh, you have also the amphora that uh, are uh, you know the the most uh, let's say modern ones that can keep for longer. But in general, you should not keep more than than one year. And then you can bottle. And then it depends on the grapes. Uh, the Montepulciano it's perfect in this way, and the same the pecorino that we have is 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 fine in this way. But then if you use a cabernet or you use another grapes. Honestly, I have no idea. It depends. Every grape has his own period.
1: So when did when did you personally
5: begin making your first wines? Uh, it was. Uh, I still have a bottle, 1997. 1997 okay oh no, sorry the bottle is 1997 but the first one was 1994
1: 94 but no and, more and that was no, was that just
5: it, a hobby at that time for you yeah it was was a hobby it was a hobby a small production like uh, maybe 500 bottles but it was taking the care like you know uh, uh, you know making uh, asking uh, trying to reach the best quality the best grapes at the time i used to buy grapes of course i didn't have uh, right. a my land so that was my first experience then of course I had to stop for more than 10 years and now I'm back to
1: yeah you had to make a living yes <laughs>
5: yeah, <sorry. laughs> right <Sorry. laughs>
1: so what do your friends think about uh, you reviving history and and taking on these very old methods of making wine do they think you're crazy or are people like, who, excited yeah. about
5: this this bringing this back the one that uh, is uh, helping me of course in the land uh, he thinks that I'm crazy uh, first of <laughs> yeah. all yeah First of all, because I changed completely the way I'm putting the new vineyards. You know, I'm trying to change a little bit to try to restore what we used to do a long time ago. You know, they used to go more on the quantity, not on the quality. So somehow uh, it's a kind of revolution. But my friends, they helped me a lot. That's so nice. in general, I mean, they really believe in this project.
1: You, you put them to, to work out there. What is your first vintage in, in a bottle? What year is that?
5: The, this new project started in uh, 2000 eighteen.
1: Yeah. So what you what you're bottling now is is the the first release? Is that correct? Yes. Yes. 18. Are you excited? It will be, it
5: will be less than 10,000 bottles. So the production will. I don't think I'm going to reach more than 50 or 100,000 bottles. So I want to keep a small production, but very very. Uh, good.
1: You will set one bottle aside for your friend David, right? Oh, that's of course. That, that's, that's <laughs> yes. me, right? Yes. Uh, okay. Hey, very quickly, we only have like a minute left, and I'm, I'm sorry. We're going to catch up with you a little bit later on, as soon as I get my bottle, so that we can taste it together. And I <laughs> promise you, I'm going to come out there and visit you sometime. But tell me briefly, in Italy, you had a very, very, very terrible time with the COVID-19 virus. How are things now?
5: Now, I mean, uh I I see It looks uh, it looks gone, even if it's not- not, because just two days ago in the north, they had the new cases, you know, that uh, scared us a little bit. But when you look at the numbers, we are talking about really few cases. So the the worst has passed. Oh, that's away. great. That's great. For us it was very bad because we were after China, we were the first one who from day one to day two, we changed completely the life. Uh, and so it was really dramatic. March April somehow it was okay, and now I think uh, everyone is feeling a little bit so get, getting happy. getting yes. back
1: getting back to normal again.
5: Yes. Okay, yes.
1: and then uh, my last and most important question to you, Piero, is if I had a bottle of your wine here today. And by the way, I forgot to tell you that I'm half Italiano. Okay, my mother. Oh, fantastic! Uh, From my, my mother's <laughs> uh, name uh, family name Scaccianoce, right? To, to, Scaccianoce. To, to break to break <laughs> nuts, right? To Break nuts. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is more true than you realize. So if I was going to cook a meal to go with the wine, what would be the perfect thing for me to create?
5: Ah, for, okay, which one? The Montepulciano? The white or the... Yeah, yeah, the Montepulciano. Yeah. The Montepulciano, you need to have uh, meat... Meat, beef, done in the oven with the the, the kind of brassato. I don't
1: know. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Yeah. Present. Okay, so just roasted in, roast in the roasted in the oven.
5: We have a wonderful dish here in Abruzzo, which is called arrosticini. Arrosticini is a small sticks with small uh, pieces of meat that are amazing, and uh, you can. This is maybe the best dishes. That
1: I will have to look that up. Okay. Well, listen, I'm afraid that that's all the time that we have, at least for this subject. I sure appreciate you coming on with me, and and also I'm glad that you reached out to me too because it was so nice to hear from you and then got to look at your project and it just looks so interesting and it's neat to see somebody who's a high-tech guy uh, who has a, a great love for things that are simple and old and historic. That's wonderful. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much. You're you're very welcome. Okay, so if anybody wants more information, you can go to the website. It's venumhadrianum.com. So it's spelled this way. It's V-I-N-U-M H-A-D-R-I-A N-U-M and that's where you find more information on the project. I appreciate it so much, Pierre. We're going to check back with you at a later time. So appreciate you coming on. Stay safe where you are at. Alright, that's going to do it for Grape Encounters this week. We are going to just have so much fun in the coming weeks. We've got a, a very special interview next week with one of the editors of Wine Spectator magazine. And then um, you're going to hear our show with a little different accent for a long while as we host our broadcast in the Abruzzo region of Italy. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss a single episode in the coming months. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.